Welcome to Potter Familias, coming to you from Fairhope, Alabama. I'm Todd Sylvester. And I'm Stefan Sylvester. What's the longest you've ever stayed up? Like uh, how many hours? 70 something hours. Come on, no yeah. way. Yep. No, that's yep. not even physically possible. Yes, it is. It's definitely physically possible. Three days. Oh, no, 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 two days. So it would have been like 40-something hours. Oh, okay, that one, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, I stayed up all night before coming home from college once. And I had I had gotten up early to study, taken a bunch of finals, then studied through the night, turned in a final paper, and then it was already 5 in the morning. So I was just like, ah, forget it. Like, I'll just stay up until it's time. So I that get, makes sense. went and got on the plane, came home, and I think I made it all the way to like 42 or 43 hours. That's crazy. I do remember being psychotic and driving your sister up to school in Ohio. And then we got there, and it was the morning. So then we stayed up all day and unpacked all of her stuff. And then I jumped in the car and drove home. What? And I I drank a lot of five-hour energy shots. Could you poop ever after that? This is a family-friendly podcast, so we're we're not going to share that kind of information. Uh, So what what was your digestive (laughs) system like? Just generally, you know, not anything specific, but like... If you could just give me a hint about what that was, because I'm curious. Okay, good. All right, just just checking. You know, I bet you drank a lot of water. That's good. I did. I you did know. drink a lot of water. Your kidneys are probably like just from that one time. How many did you drink? I don't remember. That's. Oh wait, do you remember the time that Sam? Uh, he's not going to care. Do you remember the time that Sam and I got that 24 pack of Monster and finished almost all the of whole it? Whole case. <laughs> You guys were insane. <laughs> On that whitewater rafting trip. I know. That was I amazing. Know. I was like, what are you doing? My Dad I could feel Dad! I could feel my kidneys. I could feel them. I was just like, ooh, this is not good. You're insane. Yeah. All right, let's punch up the main thing because we're gonna get super personal. We're getting personal. It's the main thing. This is the number one question that people ask, especially a lot of young adults will come back and they'll be in a dating relationship. And it always amazes me, too, because as people get older, I think it's more difficult for them to make a lifelong. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Because mom and I were only 22 years old. I didn't really have a life outside of being married. Yeah. Ever. I, it's not like I really lived on my own. I always had roommates and I had no established career. I didn't have a life mm-hmm. outside of being married. I had just turned 23 when we got married. So, same thing. At least you had graduated college like three years before. I had because I was an early graduate. But uh, in terms remember, of. Remember the little cottage that you rented? Yes. That, was, that, thing, that thing was so gross. That was I, so gross. I had some friends come over and clean my cottage for me <laughs> as a birthday present. And I remember thinking, like, wow, this is so nice. And they were kind of like, we're not doing this for you. Or like, we're doing this for your own good, like for your health and safety. Wow. It was disgusting. Like, it was the most bachelor, bachelor pad. When that you have, moved that ever out, padded. they tore it down. Yes. Uh, they, they literally bulldozed it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It was that gross. Yeah. Yeah. But the big question that people will come Mm -hmm. to me and ask for counsel is they'll say, hey, all right, Todd, I've been dating so-and-so for 
four years and we've got, done all the things. You know, I've been, been to her parents all the time and she's been to my parents and we've done the holidays and we've, you know, shared basically everything. And I'm just still not sure. Ooh. So they'll oh, no. say, Todd, how did you know that Angel was the one? So I feel like the two of us talking about this is going to give people totally the wrong impression. Why? Because at least for me, I don't know about for you, it was so different from the way that other people have found their spouses. Or Explain. Well, so let me tell you the story then, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. So for most people, it doesn't happen this way. But I was dating someone else when I first met my wife. And I remember meeting her and immediately thinking, because I'd heard of her. I'd heard of her through mutual friends because she also was a musician and she did a lot of active social stuff. So we re we knew of each other. And when I met her for the first time, it was only because I was dating someone else that I basically didn't ask her out right then. And because I was dating someone else, I was just like, ooh, I need to be really careful uh, because I'm really attracted to this girl. So I immediately was just like, hey, you know, putting my best, I let's be friends and that's it, friend foot forward. And it was fine. And was your girlfriend there at the time? No. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Whoa. No. So we, uh, that could have got we were real. Lo we were long distance. <laughs> and, and I, I mean, we, it ended up not working, but it wasn't like this was the thing that ended the relationship. Right. We actually, we broke up and then it was several months before Afton and I even saw each other again. Right. But when I first saw Afton, I remember being, thinking like, wow, she's beautiful and awesome. And then that was it for the first time that we met. And then I saw her again sometime later and we struck up a conversation and I had texted her because I got her number from a friend and I wanted to check on my sister because my sister had gone down to stay with her and go party with people in New Orleans. And I was like, I better make sure she's okay. And she was fine. And then we texted back and forth as friends. I dated another girl in between that time on and off. And I was texting Afton about this other girl and she was giving me advice and all this stuff. So anyway. We get to the point were you where really asking for advice or were you really well, kind of, I think know. I was just enjoying talking to her okay. and, and after a while, because we started to have these really like deep conversations about life and whatnot. And I was free and clear, wasn't dating anybody. And I had this realization, like all of a sudden where I was like, I think I'm in love with this girl and we weren't even dating. And I was like, all right. So I've made mistakes with this before in the past with moving way too fast or with like not pursuing this person that I felt like I had a connection with. So let me actually take this to prayer and do this properly. So I went on a retreat and while I was on the retreat, two things happened. This girl that I had been dating who I'd honestly really like broken her heart, like it wasn't a good situation. She came up to me. We hadn't been dating for months. She hadn't spoken to me in months and she was like, Hey, um, I just wanted to talk to you for a second. And I was like, okay. Like I braced myself and she was like, I just wanted to let you know that I'm tired of being angry with you and I forgive you. Whoa. Yeah. Boy, that's a good person. It, it was incredible. And I told her, I was like, you, you don't have anything to be sorry for. Like this was a hundred percent my fault and I, I'm willing to take all the blame for that. So that was a really beautiful healing thing. And then from there we went straight to adoration. So I was a mess in adoration. Right. And then when I got back up to my hotel room that night, cause I was helping, I was one of the, the leaders for this retreat, got back up to my hotel room 
And I was sitting there and I was like, you know, I don't think I've ever been this sure about something in my life. And I wrote down on a piece of paper, I am going to marry Afton Rosenblum. Wow. And I put it in my wallet and I, on the day that I proposed to her, which was months later, I took it out of my wallet and showed it to her. And I was like, I wrote the date. Did you date it? Yeah. I I wrote the date on there and everything. And I said, I've known I was going to marry you since this day. What did she say to that? Oh, she was like a sobbing puddle. That's awesome. It was incredible. And so anyway, there's lots more to that story. But the, the important part is that it felt very providential the way that everything sort of fell into place for our relationship to happen because mm-hmm. it was really strange. It wasn't like, it was almost like the Lord was pushing us together. And if we wouldn't do it fast enough, he was like, all right, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And everything about our relationship, when I tell people how it all came together, they don't believe me. Like they say things like, no, come on. Like you're exaggerating. I'm like, I'm not exaggerating. Like all this stuff fell into place. And I knew, and I say with certainty that I knew Mm -hmm. that this person was the person that I was going to marry very early before I had even officially asked her to be my girlfriend. Wow. When you were going into a dating relationship, did you kind of have a short list of these are the attributes that I'm looking for for a lifetime partner? Yeah, but I also, I went through a phase, you know, post-seminary where I wasn't really dating to find somebody to marry. I was mostly just dating where I was like, ah, do I have a connection with you or with you? Like, just testing the waters. You are a girl. Like, you are attractive. I can take you to the movie. Let's hang out, you know? And that's that's what dating was like for me. And I I did have a, sort of in the back of my mind, a list of things that I was looking for in a person, but I wasn't actively trying to find a wife, you know what I mean? Yeah. Were there kind of deal breakers, though, when you were in a relationship where you're like, ah, this box is not checked, and that means no? Yes. for Yeah, I would say yes, there were. But they weren't like these. I didn't have a list of things where I would go through and mentally check the boxes as I was getting to know someone. Mm -hmm. It was mostly like if somebody said something like, oh, well, you know, uh, I'm an atheist and I hate Christians. I'm like, (laughs) well, uh but she's cute, you know? <laughs> That's bad. Right? But she's cute. Mercy. I mean, well, the reason I, why I'm, I'm just being honest. The reason why I'm asking is because a lot of people, they kind of think, oh, well, Todd, you and Angel, you knew each other in college. That means that basically you never really dated anyone beforehand and yada, yada. But you all like, both did, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I even was dating someone very seriously. I went to visit her family. And then she came to visit my family. She even came to my oldest brother's wedding. Oh, wow. So it was a big deal. And there, she, she checked all the boxes. Yeah. All the boxes were checked. There was not, not one thing where I was like, you know, that's a hurdle I can't get over. Mm-hmm. And it's important for me to share this story with people because... <laughs> I'm sorry. I was not nearly as discerning of a boyfriend in that way. Well, but I'm saying, <laughs> for me... You're right. I did not have a list. I didn't have a list. It was just kind of those things that would either come up in conversation or I was the one that would always initiate. Well, what about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? Because I was just curious. I mean, I was I wanted to know what was really going on because it's not like you're normally when you're meeting this person, you didn't grow up next to them. Like, I love those stories. We were next door neighbors ever since we were six months old. Well, then, you know, everything about them and, you know, their whole family. I didn't. 
So I was asking all these questions and everything, and everything about this girl was wonderful. It just didn't feel right. Yeah. And the problem with that was, first of all, I was lame because I mm -hmm. was so young, you know, at 20 years old. I didn't have any experience, not only with dating, but especially with breaking up. Yeah. I didn't have any experience. I had never been in a real serious relationship before. I mean, you break up in high school, it's like a big deal. Right. You get over it in like a few days. Well, even if you don't, it's it's still, you're just kind of used to it. This is like more serious. Like, wait a minute. I got on an airplane and went and visited her family. Yeah. Like, this is serious. So I just kind of withdrew myself from the relationship. I mean, I was horrible. And so much so, she even kind of pointed it out. And I said, yeah, I, I just don't think this is gonna work out and she asked almost for an improvement plan she's like what i do what i say and i'm like you didn't do or say anything and that is hard to swallow mm -hmm. because you're like well, well then wait well why are you breaking up with me then if everything's great it's, and it's hard to explain to someone that it just doesn't feel right yeah something is not sitting well in the deepest recesses of my heart and i can't explain it but i know that i've i've got to get out of this yeah and by the way fast forward she ended up marrying one of my good friends from college they had like six or seven kids one of their sons is a priest i mean th they did fantastic that's awesome and i would say he's a better guy than me so she's she's much better <laughs> off she's much yeah. better off so i think in a way like i without maybe expressing it as explicitly as you did i had sort of those um I was looking for certain attributes in the people that I was interested in dating. However, my response to realizing that it wasn't going to work long term was to sabotage the relationship. And that was not a healthy or good thing to do, but yeah. that was what I did. So for most of the relationships that I've been in, at some point or another, after I had sort of realized this wasn't going to work, instead of emotionally checking out over time, I would normally just either do something that I knew would spark a big fight or just straight up be like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really not interested in this anymore. Like I was really mean. And I could have, if, uh, if my life had gone even just slightly differently, I could have been one of those perpetual dater guys who just gets into their early 30s and is like, how come I haven't found somebody? And it's because I, I was waiting to feel exactly what you're talking about, right. where you meet someone. And with Afton, it was the weirdest thing because I met her, and I knew that I was really attracted to her, but I didn't really know why at the time, other than she was very pretty. And then after I went through these other relationships and then got to know her a little better, I was enamored with her. Mm -hmm. And it went even far beyond just being attracted to her. I was like, I feel like I could spend the rest of my life with you. Yeah. And I knew it. And it was the weirdest thing. Like, I knew it. And I also felt kind of weird talking about it because I was like, this isn't supposed to happen this way. Like, you don't hear stories about people meeting this person and you're like, we're soulmates. Like, you see them from across the room and it's like a movie. Like, the lights go down and there's music. And what happens kind of in the movies all the time. Right. And and everyone told me, like, relationships are not like movies, Stefan. Like, don't get your hopes up. Like, everyone told me that. And everybody yet. who had been married, everybody who had been in a serious relationship basically gave me the impression that I should let all of my hopes and dreams die. Wow. Yeah. 
So thanks a lot, everyone. No, I, but I was but gonna it, say I don't know what they're basing. But in all, I on. think I think I was talking to a lot of people who were realizing that being married to somebody or being engaged to somebody was a lot harder than it looked. Yeah, and so that was the perspective that I was getting. And Afton and I probably did that to people as well when we were in the first year of our marriage because it was tough. But I, I seriously just saw her and pretty much knew. Yeah, and then fast forwarding to when your mom and I met. And again, I was very attracted to her and, you know, we started dating and a lot of people were like, you guys are not meant for each other. Like, you're just weirdly different. Yeah. And why are you even dating? And I'm like, well, we felt kind of called to dating. We're enjoying dating. So back off. Yeah. So in in that, I just, it wasn't even, I don't think I felt the same way that you felt about Afton. I, I didn't write down, I'm going to marry Angel. Mm-hmm. But I did feel like, she would make an incredible wife and mother. And I didn't have the same feeling that I had felt before. Like it, it wasn't the opposite of the feeling though, is what I'm trying to say. And right. I think it's important for people to understand that. Cause you come to that point where it's like, all right, I'm, I feel good about this. And I'm going to even go so far as to say, you're still not sure necessarily. Yeah. I did not hear some divine voice. I did not get a text message from God because mm-hmm. we didn't have cell phones back then. But it, there was no indication th- that this was absolutely the one, and you've yeah. you've got to marry this person. It's just I I felt like wow this this could be really a, a good marriage. Yeah, and I'm glad that you're saying that. I actually didn't know that about you and mom, so that's cool. I'm glad that you're saying it because I know how unusual my story is. Mm-hmm. So when people ask like, oh, how did you meet? I normally don't go full blast with like <laughs> I. S- I saw her and I knew she was the one. I scribed. I was like, instant soulmate connection. It's like, because that's not realistic. And most people, that doesn't happen to them. And I I get that. I understand. And people are like, well, it must be nice, Stefan. And I'm like, you're right. It is nice. It's awesome. I didn't ask for this. I didn't expect it. I didn't pray to God. Can you please just show me my soulmate? And all of a sudden, the heavens opened and Afton walked through the door. And I was like, oh, like that didn't happen. Right. Or it did, rather, for me. Uh, but it just it, doesn't it, happen. It doesn't normally. happen normally. It doesn't happen to most people. So I almost feel bad telling people all this. And my friends have made fun of me before. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We know you guys are soulmates. Like, give it a rest. And I just laugh because it's like, well, I mean, we really are. And I knew it. But for everyone else, for almost everyone else, I should say, yeah. their story is more like that. Yeah. Where they didn't necessarily know this person is the one, but they thought, there's no reason for this person not to be the one. Right. And you have to come to a place where you have to make a decision. Yeah. You, ha- you have to make a decision. And I remember an old craftsman friend of mine. I mean, he is really was a craftsman, a wood craftsman. And he would make furniture that was absolutely gorgeous. Uh, I can do some okay stuff, but he would come in and go, ugh. Uh, and, but he he would sand down stuff until without putting any urethane or anything on it, no oils or anything, it would shine. He would sand it to the point where it would shine. Wow! Because that you can bring the natural oils out of the wood if you know what you're doing. And, that is wild. But it takes a long time. And then I asked him. I said, "Well, when do you know you're done sanding?" And he looked at me and he gave me one of those wise, you know, Ron Swanson things where you're never done sanding but you come to a point where you have to stop. 
And I think in relationships, you come to the point where you have to stop. Like yeah. you just can't, don't drag someone along dating them for years and years without a commitment. Yeah. Don't do that to them because I don't, that is not just you. If you get to that point where it's like, okay, I've, uh, all the, the hurdles have been jumped over. And the, by the way, the finite stuff you have to work out. Right. Like, by the way, there yeah. is no perfect marriage. If anyone says they're in a perfect marriage, they're lying. They're definitely lying. Lying. It doesn't happen. No perfect marriage. So you have to just work some stuff out. I mean, yeah. and you continue to work stuff even, out. Even the holiest couples that I know, the most awesome couples that I know who I would put above Afton and I in terms of how well they're living out their vocation, at least externally, like visibly, they fight. Yeah. And- Everybody struggles. Everybody struggles. We're all broken. Yeah. So I don't know why anybody's surprised by that. It's like, do some people do a much better job of showing a certain way that their marriage works outwardly that's better than it actually is? On yeah, Instagram. of course. On Instagram, yes. Dude, don't even get me started on Instagram couples. It's filtered. Stop. It's so filtered. Don't. Don't even get me started. And I have sparkles. <sighs> so that's a myth. That is absolutely a myth. Doesn't exist. It's not real. However, I think that any relationship where it's really meant to be, and that's the thing, right? That's the difficult thing for people is like understanding how discernment works in all of this. If right. you're a Christian, especially if you're Catholic, you want to have God involved in finding the person that you're supposed to be with. And if you're doing that, it requires having a spiritual life where you're used to listening for the voice of God to tell you what to do or to tell you if you're doing the wrong thing. Right, right. And so you can like back yourself into a corner where you like have all these demands written out and you say, if they don't match exactly these things, then I'm just not, it's not going to work. That'll never work with this person. And if you do that to yourself, you will never find a spouse, right? You just won't because that person doesn't exist. They're going to have flaws and you may have deal breakers, but they're going to have things that you won't like about them. And especially in that first year that you're really together, that you're really married, living together, like you're in the thick of being married to one another, it's really tough. Yeah. Your whole life has to change, every aspect of it. And Absolutely. you become focused on this other person instead of exclusively on taking care of yourself. So it's a pretty serious adjustment. And a lot of people have a really hard time with that. But they're still the one. Yeah, and you make There's it still the and, one, and you make it work in spite of all that stuff. Right, and that's so important to understand from the get go. And I don't think people are being honest about this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. No marriage. There are some days where marriage sucks. There are some days where marriage is unpleasant, or I would just say harder than other days. No, I would go so far as to say it's unpleasant. Okay. There are days where, because, and I'm not saying it's unpleasant in terms of like, I just can't believe what my wife said to me. It's like, it's unpleasant in terms of I'm being asked to change in a way that I am uncomfortable changing at this time. Okay. And that so, makes a lot of so sense. I, I know eventually I'm going to have to do it. Like I know in my heart of hearts, like uh, eventually I will have to come back and say, look, I'm in the wrong here. I apologize. Please help me as I'm getting used to this new aspect of our relationship. And that goes both ways. We've both had to do that for each other. Mm -hmm. And that is not fun. There is nothing about that that's positive until you get to the part where you're actually going to change. So it's tough. And I don't want to downplay that. However, we've gotten through all that stuff. Because, because they're still the one. Right. And leaving the person who is the one for me is not an option. Right. So right. we can survive anything. As long as you have that. <laughs> Except death. Except death. <laughs> 
Except death, for sure. But anything in the temporal world, we can survive. Any hardship. We, I mean, we've already kind of been through a lot of stuff. So we can say for a fact we can survive one of us having a potentially terminal illness. So. Do, you, do you remember when we went and got coffee and you turned to me and you asked me, is my wife going to die? Mm-hmm. And, of course, I knew, by the way, I wasn't going to get technical and say, eventually, one day, because that yeah. be, was the wrong moment for that. It would have been, like, too soon. Yeah, exactly. But I said, I don't know. And then I asked you, I said, if she does, are you going to be okay? And you paused. But then you said, yeah, I think I can get through. Eventually. I think yeah. I said eventually. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Obviously that's, not But that's the honest part about relationships. So... Focusing on how, how did we know that our spouses were the one, kind of different situations here with both of us, but it comes to that point where you get down on one knee and you ask them to marry you, and then you kind of move on with your life. And it is the coolest thing ever. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. Down in the description is the link to Podbean if you want to become a patron. That'd be awesome. It's $5 a month. You get all the bonus episodes, and that's where Stefan shares his music. And you think that this is as personal as we get. We get super personal <laughs> in the bonus do. episodes. So, in fact, the next bonus episode will be sharing about our dream vehicles. Yes. So you get to find out what we'd be driving if we had the money. They probably have a pretty good guess as to, to what drive. mine is. If they've been listening. A mantis shrimp. <laughs> He'd be riding Seriously? Shrimp. So we're still talking about that? Because it could see so many Which, colors. by the way, I still think I won. You did win. Whatever. I think it's crazy. Thanks so much for listening <laughs> to Potter Familius. Do all the stuff.